Hi, this is Lois Kim, Executive Director of the Texas Book Festival. Our 18th Annual Book Festival rocked the state capitol last weekend, and I'm proud to say it's the only time of year when a discussion at the capitol about the road not taken has nothing to do with transportation funding. Now here's your TripCast host, literary legend Reeve Hamilton. Thank you. This is reporter Reeve Hamilton here with the TripCast for the final week of October. Joining me is Editor-in-Chief and CEO Evan Smith. Boo! Executive editor Ross Ramsey. Howdy, what's that all about? It's Halloween, Ross. Keep up. <laughs> Tomorrow. What are you what are you going as Tomorrow. for Halloween? I'm gonna go as Ben Philpot. What are you going as, Reeve? That'll just, get you just, rock. Just be a voice. <laughs> what are you going as? I'm gonna go as a reporter. That would be a costume, yeah. honestly. Ben Philpot, the host of Agenda Texas and uh, from KUT and the Texas Tribune. Hello. Here. You going as John Ely? <laughs> I'm about a foot shorter than him, but Oh yeah. well that, that's the only yeah. thing that would stop. Yes, people that from... ruined it. <laughs> Todd, what are you going as? He's miming. He's, he's going as you. He's going to go as Evan Smith. Yeah, it's great. I'm going as Dante De Blasio. Really, it's a very esoteric joke that nobody Dante around here gets. Well, yeah, you well, get the hair for not it. Not all of us. Not all of us are New Yorkers. Thank God. <laughs> I include myself. Exactly. I say the same thing. Thank God. All right. Well, let's talk, let's talk about uh, let's talk about Texas stuff specifically. Why don't we begin with the issue of having to sign an affidavit in order to vote? This is because. Uh. A headline making. You got to sign a thing to vote anyway. You got to sign that little thing. That well, says, let's let's yes, back up and so you're one of those pe- you're one of those people who believes that since you have to show a a picture ID to cash a check and to get on an airplane, no. you should no. have to show a picture so ID. Can to we vote. can we can we say what the the issue is? Though? Ben, why don't you catch us up on the affidavit? Well, the, the issue is oh, just great. <laughs> Ben's <laughs> going to explain it. See, you know, they're delaying it while they just make fun of it. This ought to kill some time. Go ahead. The issue is that uh, if you now that people are showing photo IDs, you've got two different names to match. You've got the name from your voter registration and the name that's on your photo ID. And if they don't match, you can still vote. It's not a provisional ballot. It's a absolute regular ballot that's immediately counted. But you do have to sign something that says, I swear that I am who I say I am. And this is particularly affected to notable Texans. Well, it, it's affected Wendy Davis. Um, <laughs> Hold it, but it's not a provi- it's, but it's not a provisional ballot. The, the, it, no, it's it, an it, absolute. It, it it's the counts. yes. This is not only right. in the event of. That's exactly blah, right, what right. Ben said while you were on your phone. <laughs> <laughs> Interestingly, I was both on my phone and heard what and he said, not, and not listening. Right? But I was confirming what I heard because I actually assumed it would be provisional. No, okay. it's it's the actual ballot. Um, I mean, it's, Reeve it's, is going to go for Halloween. So it's not. So it's not provisional. <laughs> I'm going to go as a provisional ballot on Halloween. <laughs> My wife went as a hanging Chad one year when she was pregnant. That's but, a little embarrassing. You're about a, you're about a, sh- a foot shorter than a traditional Dallas. Uh, see, now I don't even know where we left off. Just say Wendy Davis and Wendy Greg Davis, Abbott. Wendy Davis. Uh, Greg Abbott did have trouble as well. I, yes. Okay, Wendy Davis. Uh, did you not her, read Peggy Feekak's story? Oh, I did. No, I'm sorry. Yes, because you tweeted it out. Um, so Wendy Davis uh, and Greg Abbott both have you know their middle, middle names, names yeah. on their uh on their ID, didn't on their voter registration. I, I'll say that I would have the exact same problem. My actual name is James Benjamin Philpot. Scoop. On my voter ID. Scoop. <laughs> Hashtag breaking. On voter registration. Same name the governor. Weird. On voter registration and everything else, I am Ben Philpot. So, so you're I screwed. had to sign the same. Well, I signed the little thing and immediately went in and voted. I understand that people are upset about this, Wait, but I saw voted? it. Yeah. 
I voted four times. No. Um, <laughs> Matt Beebe's going to be pissed off at that. Once is Evan Smith. No, uh, the, uh, um, you know, I had a, a friend of mine who's a, a, well. I have a friend who votes. My best No, friend I have votes. a friend who went on Facebook and Some essentially my, said, my look. My best friends are voters, yeah. right? I have a friend who went on Facebook and said, look, you know, I understand that there are a lot of people who are upset about the whole fact that we have a photo ID, but let's not put out misinformation. Let's not make people think that that because their names don't match, they're not going to be able to vote, that they're going to be turned away from the polls, or they're going to have to do a provisional ballot. Let's tell the truth. The truth is if you show up and the names don't match, you sign your name one time and you immediately get to vote and your ballot counts. You sign the voting roster anyway when you vote, right? You, right. Wa- you walk in with, even if you don't have to have voter ID, this is what I'm talking about. You walk in, you got to sign something anyway. you got to sign two things. What's the big deal there? Well, in all likelihood, the... Uh the governor who's voting as we sit here in a couple of hours at Excuse the House and Branch Library on, on Exposition Boulevard, right by my house. Right, which uh, I, got, I got cranky James about the Richard other day because they Perry didn't open at 730, right? probably right. will have to sign an affidavit. Very similar problem to, be- to James Ben Philpott. Christopher right. Todd Weissman. Right. Well, um, our our podcast producer is unlikely if he and, he's a, he's and a I voter? do think if he voted, I do think it's funny. <laughs> he's one that, of those slacker non-voting types, I suspect. <laughs> I guess funny is not the right term. I, I find it interesting that obviously this is an election, uh, Greg Abbott versus Wendy Davis, where the women's issues, the women's vote is going to be brought up to the forefront, and the idea that. You know, this is being promoted. I mean, I think All Things Considered on NPR has got a story coming with that this afternoon on this, and they talked about. You know, it being a kind of a women's issue. And I, I just I think that's a little disingenuous considering, yeah, Todd and I both had to sign affidavits. So. Well, the, the your pivot- parents didn't love you enough to give you a good first name. <laughs> they, they did give me my, it's my dad's first name, Jim- too. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Jimmy Ben to us from now on. I think the, the pivot on this is Chris that the, um, <laughs> the amendment that led to the affidavits existing so that you could sign an affidavit right. in order to cast a vote that counted immediately was Davis's amendment on the – Was well, an affidavis. <laughs> so, I mean, you'll see that coming out of her campaign, you, coming out of her campaign, they uh, had a little quip where they said, uh, you know, Abbott's lucky Davis had that amendment. Otherwise, he would have uh, disenfranchised himself with yeah. his voter ID push. Uh, so, I mean, that's really sort of hilarious. That's the <laughs> that's the political pivot on that. And that's why people the voter ID issue has become it's getting a lot of national attention for potentially the Davis campaign says well, will potentially but, affect women. You know, in some ways, this doesn't really get to everybody. in some ways, this doesn't really women get to the voter in, ID problem. In the everybody is, category. You know, the, it, I mean, it's an effect of the voter ID thing, but it's not really the, the you know, the turning issue in the in the voter ID or, or even the expected debate. issue. These are right. white folks. Right. I mean, let's let's say what's. What what the original people from both parties, proposition right? was here was that somehow this was going to disenfranchise minorities, minority Democrats, right? And well, that well, minorities. Well, it would also disenfranchise potentially non you know, minority non Democrats. But the point here is, these are not the cast of folks we expected to be in harm's way, and right. they're not in harm's way. I think is our point. Really, they're right. just having to. You got to sign mean, an extra thing, unless they have carpal tunnel syndrome. They're pretty much fine. <laughs> unless they can't sign. <laughs> yeah. See, well, I didn't expect you to go there. That was actually <laughs> that's and that, that didn't come up good. during the uh, nobody mentioned the it. hearings. No. 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 Um, well, speaking about pe- of uh, people this that going well, folks it? will someday. It was going well. Same as every week. I think <laughs> I think there was a brief few seconds there where it was going really well, and it wasn't really at the beginning or now, but it was. A, <laughs> it's a definitely few not now. Ago. There was a, there was a moment in there. Where it sounded uh, like an actual podcast. Let's talk about folks that uh, people may or may not be voting for in the future, and they would be. Uh, for example, Donald Huffines or John Corona. 
you know, so so Donald Huffines is from the car family in Dallas. Huffines Chevrolet has been up there forever. It's I've, as opposed to the furniture family from Raising Arizona. I get you're right. Yeah, unpainted oh, wow. Huffines. Excellent. Excellent. You got dining room Excellent. chairs and no tables. You don't got dick. That was the great line from <laughs> Raising Arizona. <laughs> JJ Baskin's going to be so upset. Promise him a clean podcast. Great. Trey, Trey Wilson, may he rest in peace. Yeah, was, I've rented that movie one time just to watch the intro like eight times. That over. guy is the greatest uh, actor of all time. Fantastic. Died of uh, brain tumor or something like that. Brain cancer. <laughs> he did. <laughs> what are you talking about? He did. <laughs> he not running for the Senate. What was the question? <laughs> <laughs> Donald Huffines is one of the children of the Huffines. Uh, his brother's best known. James Huffines has been involved in politics for a long time, worked in Clements administration. Close has to been, Bush, close to Perry. Right, been a UT regent. CEO for Texas of Plains Capital Bank. Right. Um, so he's sort of a, nor, a known chair, guy. Chair of the region twice. He's a known guy in Texas Republican politics and would probably fairly be cast as an establishment Republican. And his brother, who is now running for his first public office is not really running as an establishment Republican, but running as kind of a, you know, a... Outside guy. An outside guy. Not necessarily Tea Party, but, you know, he's conservative. He's been a libertarian uh, and says John Corona is just too liberal for the district and ought to be knocked off. Since Jeff Wentworth's departure from the Senate, it is often said, perhaps unfairly, that Corona is the most liberal member of the Senate. Well, the most liberal Republican in the Senate. And, I and, mean, liberal Republican. Right. And, 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 you know, this is a, this is a, he's no Royce West. It's, he's a, no, it's, a, it's, a, highly, it's a highly relative West. term. You know, if you're sort of on the left end of a very conservative party, that just means you're a little less conservative than some of the other people. Well, only in but, Texas in 2013 would John Corona right. be liberal. Let's, let's stipulate that. So he's jumping into this race with, um, you know, Potentially some money of his own. He's jumping in relatively late. He has money. The election is 120 days, you know, from now, basically, you know, more or less, about four months from now. So he's coming into this a little bit late. He's a political unknown. Everybody in Dallas knows that name because they've seen that dealership sign for years and years and years. Although he's not in the car end of the family, right? Right, but he's a real estate developer. He benefits from the he benefits. But from the yeah, Senate. the name's known. It's like you know when Vandegrift ran, when Fred Brown ran for the Texas House and was a BMW dealer. George P. Bush. Right. So uh, is, so is he a surname beneficiary? Is he a formidable candidate, or is he just a candidate that has thrown his hat in the ring? He is a candidate, and it's a known family name. And Corona hadn't had a Republican primary of any note in a long time, and you know, and, he's and there are a bunch of people up. who are ginned up to defeat these so-called rhinos. And in theory, Huffines becomes the rhino hunter in that race, supported by the infrastructure that now exists and, and on, really, on, on, an, on that end of the party. And really, the question right. in, in that particular Senate district is whether that even counts. Is, is there a sufficient number of insurgent Republicans in that district to be any kind of a threat to an incumbent like Corona? Because Corona's district, the Republicans in <clears throat> Corona's district tend to be more of the old George H.W. Bush, noblesse well, oblige. It's a, it's a mix. Highland Park. It's a mix. I mean, Highland Park, Irving's in this. He goes over to Linda Harper-Brown's yeah. district, you know. Into well, that's the, more conservative than Right. Some into Plano. You yeah. know, I mean, you know, there's some, there's some pockets. What has Corona done? What's the case against him? Uh, you know, they got 24 years of stuff. You know, he endorsed John Sharp back then, and he... Um, has actually given money to and raised money for other Democrats. He keeps um, trying to raise the gasoline one thing tax. That, yeah, one thing that one thing that. <laughs> oh, he gave, didn't Patrick get mad at him about this? He gave money yeah. to Zaffarini and right. West, right? Oh, that right. was part of that whole Patrick and, and Corona slap. You know, one of the things Huffines mentioned when we talked on the phone the other day was that Corona has, um, <clears throat> that Corona co-sponsored a thing with Royce West to name a highway after Barack Obama. Can you imagine? Well, it doesn't get more liberal than that, right? So. 
So no, off to the races. So, I mean, if there's a change there, are we looking at, like, uh, an entirely new Senate? It seems like there are lots of people leaving, lots of new people coming I thought that's in. what we had last session. It's not entirely, entirely new, new but, you know, four or five seats is a big turnover in the Senate. So we had five. It makes, it makes Ross very It makes emotional. him hoarse. <laughs> yeah. The loss of Tommy Williams has caused him to get verklempt. Um, so last time we had five, we had five people enter. Paxton, Campbell, uh, Campbell Schwartner, Taylor, and Paxton. Well, you said Paxton. Uh, there was one, and there was one more. Uh, Oops. Oops. <laughs> uh, uh, Department of Energy. Um, there was there was a fifth one. Um, Taylor Paxton uh, Hancock Kelly Hancock. Hancock. So that was five, and I thought five nobody, was nobody was willing to help you. Isn't that great? <laughs> no, <laughs> jerks. I thought uh, I thought that that five was a lot. This time we're looking at Tommy Williams' seat. We're looking at Paxton's seat. We may be looking at Glenn Hager's. Seat. seat. Right. We are looking at Patrick's seat. Patrick's seat. We're looking Davis. at Davis's seat. Davis's. So that's five right there. Right. Well, Hager is an uncertain one. Yeah, Hager, if, if Hager, Hager wins, wins the controller's race, there'll be a special, special election. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, and then maybe Corona. We don't know. Maybe Corona. Maybe La- maybe Van Depute if she runs for lieutenant governor. No, she has a four-year. Oh, what if she wins? Right, if she wins. Same thing as Hager. Right. Oh, right. Foolish me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I got an answer for this. Suddenly it was 1982. I'm right. sorry. <laughs> um, I'm now back to... So, yeah, I mean, you could get some turnover in the Senate, and they are, you know, they got a, and, and by they the got way, a three and four at, chance of a new lieutenant top. governor. Maybe they got a three and four chance of a new lieutenant governor. So, Boy, that race is getting interesting. You would have been forgiven this week for thinking it was entirely Patrick versus Staples. Right. But it's a race for second place. The Patrick people ways. are taking a whiz on the Staple people all week this week. So you can tell who everybody is what everybody is seeing in their polls by who they're attacking. Doesn't that, isn't right? that telling right. that Patrick considers Staples to be his greatest problem? Right. If that's if you are to interpret the – I got today – I got, and we're going to have Staples that uh, by the time people listen to this, we'll have Staples across the street at the Austin Club. And his, his first name is not Todd. He'll have an affidavit probably. Affidavit. Go, <laughs> Gobe? Gobe Staples. That's his Go, name. Gobe actually, Gobe actually changed his name. So he's fine. All right. Okay. As far Gobe, as Gobe is Dan Patrick's give, birth, birth, birth name. last name. Right, but, but he has legally changed. So, uh, the, so Staples, right. with whom right. we'll have a, a conversation tomorrow, as we sit here, uh, Patrick has been attacking Staples this week over in-state tuition, over voting for a bill that would permit illegal immigrants or undocumented persons more properly to have driver's licenses, and then a bill over health care for undocumented yep. persons. Right. He's just he's killing him from the two thousand one session. Well, when you've served and you have votes to defend, this is what happens, right? And the Staples is saying basically. I feel differently about these things. Right. But the problem is you're that was susceptible, then, this is now. You're susceptible right. to the old for it before it was against it. You George. have your record. Right. And, you know, if, if Jerry Patterson comes onto their radar, and this isn't assessing Jerry Patterson's chances, but if he comes onto their radar in a way that they feel like they need to attack him, they're going to go after all of the things that he voted for in a Senate that had more Democrats in it and where you had to cut more deals with the Democrats in order to get through. Do you think Patrick in this case has made – Strides in solidifying the the rightward end of the of the primary electorate by attacking all these guys. Do you, do you think this is working? Do you have any I, sense? I, you know, I, I, my sense is that the attacks and the things on the top that you're seeing in press releases and stuff <clears throat> aren't really the fight. They, that you know, they're doing the organizing and they're doing the town halls and they're doing all of those kinds of things, and that's more important to this than the sort of the visible attacks that we're seeing. I think the visible attacks are fodder for those town halls and things, but I think if if Patrick is making progress, and I think he's making some. It's with nuts and bolts, grassroots stuff, and not with his Did, sort of you know what he's saying in the press and that kind of. Didn't stuff. Patrick start off the race as the most 
concerned? I mean, didn't he already have the mantle heading? Not necessarily. I mean, you know, Jerry Patterson was Tea Party well, before Tea right. Party was cool. I mean, he sort of owns that. You know, David Dewhurst has, having been cruised, has run really hard to the right. Uh, Staples has some credentials over there. I mean, everybody has a claim to this. Patrick is saying, you know, I'm the only one who. And, He's the only true But everybody's believer. saying some version of I'm the only one who. And, and the question here is everybody looks at it. It's a four-person race. Everybody sort of assumes, you know, unless you catch lightning and win without a runoff, there's going to be a runoff. So you've got to outrun at least two people. Right. Right? You want to, you know, so. And, it's, if, and, and who if, you attack tells you, tells us who you think is in the race. And it may tell you I am curious about this. Do they are they not attacking Dewhurst right now because they think Dewhurst is the guy who's in the runoff against somebody or do they think Dewhurst having lost before this electorate before doesn't make the runoff? I think they think Dewhurst is not I mean, viable. It's, it's kind of an interesting I think they think Dewhurst is not viable going into a runoff. I don't know whether it's plausible that Dewhurst doesn't make the runoff or I think it's possible that he doesn't make the runoff but right. But the Patrick people, I think, I think this is, I think this is the battle for second, or the battle for first, as the case may be, assuming that Dewhurst's right. name ID and history of running statewide guarantees him a certain amount of, of the vote. So it's the battle for second, which will ultimately lead to first. Well, well ultimately leads to, to May. To I mean, that the person, who, if somebody mm-hmm. got in a runoff with Dewhurst, that they would be cruising him as Cruz cruised him. Out. You know, and, and we're in this environment now for the second time, but really, you know, in some ways, this is the first time that it, the difference between the old primary runoffs and the new ones is really, you know, it, it really changes the game. It used to be that the runoff was five weeks later, so it was an extension of the primary election, and now it's like ten weeks later. It's a completely different election. So after March 4th, they're going to reset and start raising money again <clears throat> and have this um, race toward the end of May when they have the runoff election. So I think you know the old thing of save a little money for the runoff, nobody's going to do that this time. They're all going to use every single resource they've got to get through March 4th. And then if you're still alive on March 5th, then you start rebuilding. Oh, my God. They also want to get to 50 percent worse than hell because they don't want to have themselves subject to the same thing that we saw last time. Right. Right. You know, one of the problems that they're going to run into is, you know, you can't really advertise before Christmas. Nobody's paying attention. They'll do some. They'll do some. You know, I I think we'll see some things from – I expect Dewhurst to be up early. Is it? Patrick's expect, already up on TV. I expect, but but not in a broad way. And and I expect you know these guys to you know start setting the table. A couple of them, but most of them aren't going to be on TV until January, and then everybody's going to be on TV. There's four people running for lieutenant governor, three running well, for and, AG, and, and thirty-eight point, people running are, for controller. Aren't we and, looking at and, almost certainly a runoff in AG, railroad commissioner, not ag commissioner, right? Right. Yeah. Ag commissioner, controller. I mean, there's a hundred thousand people. Well, you could get the, – the controller's race is the one in which you might not have a run. Well, there's five people in it. It's a, I mean yeah, – but the, you might not have a run. But, you know, you're assuming that anybody's going to know who any of those people are. I mean, Glenn Hager's – I've no, been assuming it all along. Well, Glenn Hager's known in his part of the state, and, and Harvey Hildebrand's known in his part of the state. But unless they can get through – this is kind of where I'm going. If everybody in all of those races is advertising in January and you've got this wall of political ads up, it's really hard to break through. And it's going to be really hard to get your name known – in, figure out what they're running in for. In that kind of a traffic jam on television. I, I, you know, I think if you've got a name that rhymes with something, you probably – or your name is Bush. Like Bilderbrand? Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I, I just think people are going to have a really hard time breaking out. 
I have, I have a question about where all the since we were talking sort of about the all the changes in the Senate. One of the themes sort of every year since I've been here, which isn't that long. I think my first session was in 2009. So last year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> every, every every session I've been in, there's been this thing like, oh, no, the Senate is turning into the House. They're, you know, they're, they don't – since you mentioned back when Jerry Patterson was around, that people would cut deals and well, there was well, like we, cooperation. We, we all thought that the addition of, uh, of Hancock – you know, oh, what's his name? Uh, Paxton, Campbell, all those guys, Schwertner, all the Taylor, people whose yeah. names we remember and don't. In the Senate, it was going to just make it, you know, uh, uh, crazy. I mean, it was just going to be all this And that's what I mean by becoming everything. the House. And the Senate was the re- sort of rational actor. Well, mostly, they, mostly. Until they, until they broke they down at the end, yeah. Well, except and, and at the I, end, well, but, I, And I think that they broke down at the end in part because they had a – they didn't have a collaborative idea of how to go through a filibuster. You know, let's let's um, let's but, bust that lady in public, or let's just let it filter out and we'll come but, back but tomorrow I, but morning. I'm thinking, I, mean, I, I mean, I think it. I think it actually. Played. I'm thinking back to the vote that the Senate took to take money out of the rainy day fund for infrastructure. Right. It was 31 to nothing. I was with Schwertner, who is a very conservative member of the uh, of the House and is a very conservative member of the Senate. Right. Not long after that vote, and I said, "Were you absent that day? I mean, how how is it that you all voted for this? What did this he say? Is, I 35." He said, "Look, we all think that this is the right way to go." I mean, and I think right. so. I think what happens: the Senate has a tendency to t- to tamp down some of that. I mean, honestly, a Senate with um, with uh, Steve Toth, if Steve Toth were to win that race, right? Donald Huffines, right? If they, you um, know, I think the Senate is getting more conservative. Van, it just Van hasn't Taylor. in this last Van, session. Van, yeah, Van Taylor replacing. Uh, uh, Paxton. Paxton. In this last Paxton. session, uh, 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 Paul Betancourt. Do you think Van Taylor is going to be substantively more conservative than no, Ken Paxton? Yeah. But, 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 well, but, but, but you know what? Ken Paxton was quiet, relatively speaking, in the last session. I don't think Van Taylor has a quiet setting. Paxton was more quiet in the House, too. Taylor has been Van front Taylor center. Is, Van Taylor is more of a, of a at-the-mic kind of making the, the issue set. The of. issue set in the regular session wasn't a as partisan an issue set as it has been in the past. They came in and they said, let's do infrastructure, let's do water, transportation, a clean budget, let's put and the money back in the... And if you have Patrick as the lieutenant and, governor next and I session... Think, I think if you put a bunch of conservatives in different. there and you throw in an issue like, you know, any of the social hot-button issues, any of the fiscal well, hot-button issues... Clearly immigration, if Patrick is the lieutenant right. governor after the, the stuff he said in the last couple of weeks, SB1 is going to be no more in-state tuition. <laughs> SB2 will be vouchers. Yeah, and so you're going to have a Senate that is going to is going to react to that on the basis of who those people are. It's going to be really important. The difference right. between Toth right. and Creighton <clears throat> may seem not. I suspect that Creighton is likely to be more of a Schwartner hand the, the kind of the the Tea Party guy who gets into the Senate and becomes a little bit more of a of a, of a play well, he wasn't by a Tea the Party rules. guy, who? Creighton. Creighton? Creighton's He's a big Tenth Amendment guy. Right, but he Mr. predates he, he predates the Tea Party. I guess my point is that the difference between Toth and Creighton temperamentally right. is an example of what of, of what the Senate would be like depending upon the outcome of that race. But Betancourt's very conservative. Van Taylor? Well, and I think you're right that, that it may all just come down to who's sitting in the lieutenant governor's lieutenant chair. Governor or even Dewhurst as lieutenant governor, you may have a very different climate. Well, on the other hand, if they don't think that the lieutenant governor who's elected is sufficiently conservative – now you've got a more conservative, a larger conservative element inside a Republican caucus that will be voting on rules and talking about whether the lieutenant governor ought to be able to do this or that or the other well, thing. Well, to Reeves' point, let's assume ideologically that Paxton and Van Taylor are awash, right? And let's assume Patrick and Betancourt are awash, okay? Williams and either Toth or Creighton is not awash. 
That's a more that that's more conservative. I think Williamson Creighton is is more or less a wash. That's interesting. I wonder about that. The whole right. se- I think the whole Senate's a wash, honestly. <laughs> Is this podcast a wash? Is that where you're oh, going I, with this? You know, right? I just had one quick question before we went. Is anyone surprised before that— we went. We still have one uh, more topic to is anyone? Well, okay. But is anyone surprised that so uh, Senator Cornyn doesn't have a hot and heavy Tea Party candidate? I know a guy who wrote a column about against that. Him. Did you see David Barton? There, there's some talk, a draft David Barton movement. I didn't see that. You want to explain who David yes, Barton is? David Barton is the former giving up vice, the Louis Gohmert movement? Former vice the... chairman of the Texas Republican Party. He's the founder— or head of wall, wall builders. builders, right? Oh, yeah. He was a, he was the vice chairman of the party, right? He's the guy who lives in Alito. He has that massive safe built into a mountain. He collects historical documents. He believes that the separation of church and state is a fiction, right? He wants to, that's a wall he wants to remove and unbuild. Yeah. He wants to unbuild that wall. Uh, if you know David Barton apparently is is thinking about this. There's a Facebook group that's a draft David Barton for the Senate thing. Uh, a lot of the people who would support a a generic Tea Party. From the rightward end of the party kind of candidate, you pointing at would, Ben, would love. Yes, <laughs> he's the only one that seems to be paying attention to me. It's like old <laughs> Ross on his phone, Todd on his phone. This is, I remember. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I, was, I was I was busted Evan on Smith commenting on somebody being on their phone. I, I was busted it. on. This is a great this. world. Can, you can play that game, bub. Um, I think that we if Barton, I, I think if Barton ran, I think it would be. A, I think that would be a pretty significant. Well, I've just been. It's I mean, late to get into a federal race. It is, but. You know, if if you consider the Tea Party vote as a ready, you know, campaign apparatus, I mean, it seems that. And I don't. You don't. I don't. I don't think they prove. Boy, in a primary, I think they'd be pretty strong. I mean, they have been in individual district primaries. I think they are if they know who you are. You know, I I don't know that a David Barton or anybody else can get together the money quickly enough with federal campaign finance limits to throw a serious race at John Cornyn. It may be that if you could get a David Barton up to the name ID and the issue ID that voters said, I know who David Barton is and what he stands for, and I know who John Cornyn is and what he stands for, and then they might make a choice. Cornyn might have a race in that case. I think it's too late unless there's some giant pile of money like Club for Growth or something. Did we see this a couple of years ago? That's ready to throw Could, in. Couldn't that be? Well, maybe. I mean, they're sort of tied up with with states where it's cheaper to do this. Places like <laughs> Kentucky, places like Tennessee, True. right? I mean, the the problem with taking over a Senate seat in Texas has always been for both parties, for all factions, it's a really expensive place to run, and you can win a Senate seat cheaper in one million of those dollars states. is one week of media, right? No, no, two million dollars is one week of media. One million dollars is. Half a Three week. days, right? <laughs> I can do that. Man. That's right. Yep. right. Well, let's let, let's bring this back around to uh, the things that our elected officials are signing their affidavits in order to vote for. By the time we have our next podcast, uh, the propositions on the ballot will have been settled. What are we expecting to see there? We don't have that much time. Give us a quick rundown, Ross. You are inhaling. So. Every one of us gets to vote for about. Eighteen point nine people. If the turnout's what it was in the in constitutional election God, in twenty eleven, it's, it's nobody votes. Six hundred and ninety thousand people voted last time. The big one's the water deal. The water deal is Prop Six. They're going to fail. Or Every, pass? Everybody's. I think it's going to pass. Everybody's watching Harris County because there's a bond election on the flower pot known as the Astrodome. And, and a mayor's of, race that's not is, terribly interesting, right? And Anise Parker's on the ballot. So everybody thinks you know thirty to thirty five percent of the turnout will be in Harris County, where they don't have. Water watering license. restrictions. Right. Um, you know, they're on the green side of the green-brown line here. Um, but and, and water isn't as salient an issue. So I think it'll pass. 
And you have uh, everyone is lined up behind it, and on the sort of part like uh, the elite political elite, you have Perry, you have Abbott, well, but they do, but, but nobody's yeah, but coming gra- out to gra- vote. The grassroots people are not for it, and they're the ones who well, turn their people out. They're not strongly against it. I mean, they're you know sure they're, they're strongly against. We've it. heard Deborah Medina, but you don't see a bunch of campaigns. Oh, you don't see a bunch of mail. Didn't those guys say during the I think they're yawning. Head of Save Our Springs is well, against it, right? All right. So, what are the other, what are the other things on the ballot before I'm people? Just gonna, I, I'm going to I'm going to just go out there and say I think it actually could could not. I think it probably I passes, think it could but I think it pass. passes by a small margin. I think it could still fail. So you're, you're taking when, the bold stance that it it will likely pass but could fail. When we polled at Water, yes, was, bold. When we polled it, Prop Six was beating was beating not Prop Six by two and a half times. I just it was fifty two percent to nineteen percent. I and think if the undecideds break the same way. It's two and a half times. I think that's people that are talking to somebody on a phone and not walking to the polls. I just I worry that if six hundred thousand people come out and undermining vote, our polling for a low these four years. They have cell phones now. You can break, walk in case of talk. emergency. Break hands. No, I just mean in turn. I mean if you, uh, of course, people are going to be for water when you call up and ask them. It's just I, I don't know that. I don't know if it's going to translate to people actually going out when you're talking about five to seven percent of the state actually voting. Okay, so what else is on the ballot? Well, the reverse only th- mortgages, reverse mortgages, the Fred which Thompson. we already have in the state, but now you can do a reverse mortgage all in one fell swoop instead of having a getting a conventional mortgage and then getting a reverse mortgage. The big one that I'm interested in, or I don't know if it's a big one, is whether or not the entire state of Texas is going to let Hidalgo County tax people uh, for its hospital district at the exact same rate that all the other hospital districts in the state have. This is why nobody votes in these things. I mean, you're doing you're bad. doing weird statutory. <laughs> no, you're doing these little tiny statutory law changes inside. Const- it's the class you ditched in high school. Also, I- we are the ones who theoretically give a crap and even we can't muster any enthusiasm. I voted. Right? Have you voted? Yeah, I voted. I've not voted. No, I voted. James Ross Ramsey. <laughs> Do I have to vote? <laughs> I thought not voting was the way. I thought that was not voting we, is a choice. That yeah. was how we um, demonstrate that we're not biased. Oh, not voting. Don't vote. This in isn't a partisan election. You didn't vote in the, the proposition primaries. I don't vote. In, I don't vote. In, <laughs> I don't vote. In, I don't vote in primaries. I allowed proposition six and proposition five to work themselves out. Whoever was going to win that. I don't vote in primaries, but I vote in all the Mookie elections. This is a Mookie election. I, well, the reason I think Hidalgo is, online course. Yeah, right. The reason I think Hidalgo County Hospital well, District is interesting that. is because uh, <laughs> because you, you could have. The, the, if there are Tea Party people that end up coming out to try to defeat Prop 6, of course they're going to check no to a tax increase in Hidalgo County, even if they live nowhere near it. And I just think that's unfortunate. Well, before this gets too interesting, yeah, sorry. <laughs> we should invite people to send questions and comments to Tribcast at TexasTribune.org. We'd like to thank Shine Herbs for doing our music. And on behalf, uh, on behalf of Ross, <laughs> Ben, James. Evan... And James, 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 and James. Yeah. <laughs> this is Reeve. James Reeve Hamilton. Thanks for coming. Ross whispered thing. Ross, people have sex. <laughs>